Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of the Box Hard Podcast, really climbing through these shows now. I'm your host, as always, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as always, by Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, very good. We're going to get straight into part one. Part one, if you've joined us before, is the review part where we talk about the fights that happened last week. We're going to start over in Italy now. This was for the vacant EBU European welterweight title. Leonard Bundu, of course, we'll know him for fighting Frankie Gavin and Keith Furman, etc., etc. Tough guy. A little bit old, but a tough, tough guy. Leonard Bundu managed to get the TKO in round nine over his opponent, Jussi Kaluva, who had a record of 19-2 and two with the one draw going into this fight. Leonard Bundu, as I said, got the victory. His new record now, 33 wins, one loss and two draws. His opponent, Kavulu, was down twice in the eighth round, and it was stopped in the ninth. We're now going to go over to the Philippines. Top of the bill over there, Nonito Donaire. Of course, he defended his WBO World Super Bantamweight title against Zasalt Bedak. Nonito Donaire picked up the TKO in round three. Bedak was down twice in round two and once in round three. He actually looked pretty explosive, Donaire. He was almost the Donaire of old. He sort of, you know, he, he'd done a little bit of a throwback in this fight. He looked really, really good whilst it lasted. As I say, it only went to three rounds. Mark Magsayo was also on the bill. He was fighting Chris Avalos for the vacant WBO international featherweight title. It was a bit of an eventful fight, this one, if you can catch it on YouTube or something. Mark Magsayo nonetheless picked up the win. He's still unbeaten, 14-0 and 0 now. Mark Magsayo, and we'll see him hopefully in some big clashes in the near future. And that's really it for the other sort of cards. Of course, we mentioned the one in Philippines. We mentioned the one over in Italy. We're now going to go over to California, USA, where the real, real fights took place. We're going to start with Roman Gonzalez, considered one of the best pound-for-pound boxers in the world today. He faced McWilliams Arroyo, who had a record of 16-2. and two. Of course, Roman Gonzalez, 44-0 and 0 going into this fight. He's now 45-0, and 0, and he successfully defended his WBC World Flyweight title. I, as of course, I know that you rank this guy really highly. I know you rate him a lot, Roman Gonzalez. He pretty much went out there and showed what he's all about. To be honest, I think McWilliams Arroyo put a good account of himself in but Roman Gonzalez is just, just simply too good, to be totally honest. So, as I say, Roman Gonzalez going straight up with his 45-0 and 0 at the moment. Hopefully, we'll see him, you know, push on to Mayweather's 49-0. and 0. But by the time he gets round to it, Mayweather might be at 50-0. and 0. Who knows what's going to happen? Never say never. We're going to go over to the main event on this card now, of course. Top of the bill. Gennady Golovkin, 34-0 with 31 knockouts versus Dominic Wade, 18-0 with 12 knockouts. This, of course, was for Gennady Golovkin's WBO Super World Middleweight title, IBF World Middleweight title, interim WBC World Middleweight title, and the IBO World Middleweight title. Gennady Golovkin, of course, 
you know, he's an absolute monster, as we said last week. Now, Dominic Wade was knocked down once in the first round and twice in the second round. Of course, it was literally within a few seconds of the bell in the first round, Golovkin knocked him down. It was one of those punches I don't think Dominic Wade really saw coming. Um, it wasn't really like, I know Golovkin hits so hard that if you see a punch coming, sometimes you still go down. You know, you just can't ship it. You can't ride it or anything like that. And and sometimes you, you find yourself on the canvas. But in this case, I think it was a punch that he didn't see coming. A good little combo by Golovkin that, that you know, the finishing punch was the one that dropped him. A good performance by Golovkin in the first round. As I say, Dominic Wade was sort of saved by the bell. As soon as he got up and the referee was counting, it it was it was the end of the round. So he went back to his corner. He tried his best to recuperate in that minute between rounds. But Golovkin came out in round two, all patient again. He found the knock. He found the knockdown, and um, in the end, he put him down again. And when he put him down that second time, he got up on the second time that he was knocked down. And he, you know, the referee was saying, "Do you want to continue? Do you want to continue?" Dominic Wade was saying, "Yes," just under his breath, basically. The referee was saying, "What? Say it again." What did you just say? Do you want to continue? you Dominic Wade was saying yes but he was you know you could see he didn't want to say no that's all he just did not want to say no so he showed a lot of heart Dominic Wade but ultimately he was put down again within about 10 or 15 seconds to the second knockdown in round two so when he was down for that third time the referee saw enough on that one and that was all she wrote Gennady Golovkin of course 35 and 0 now with 32 knockouts and hopefully his next fight will be against the winner of Khan Canelo I know that straight after the fight they interviewed Golovkin and Golovkin said I want my belt I need my belt so Golovkin of course will be looking for that fight and I believe it's been announced this week that Tom Loeffler has said he's come out and said that they will not be taking any step aside money for any further defenses of Canelo's belt providing he gets through calm by the way which is a really tough test um so yeah Golovkin I don't think they're going to be taking any step aside money he wants that fight with Canelo and it'd be interesting to see if that fight does come off firstly Ayaz what did you think about Golovkin's performance of course we also saw Golovkin in that second round seem to put his gloves down and let Dominic Wade tee off on him about five or six punches landed and Golovkin just just walk through him after that and broke his heart really to be honest it was it was a bit demonic really you know not often you know he actually let him for, he let him land a few punches to sort of get his confidence up but he didn't realize he let him do it and then he just absolutely battered him I'll tell you one thing, yeah. Golovkin's performance, it's another Golovkin performance. He's hes an animal in the ring. What can I say? A lot of people are saying that it's a mismatch, but unfortunately, it was his mandatory challenger. And as you were saying, right, yeah, even in the, in the second round when Golovkin put his uh, hand down, yeah, and Wade gave him that free combination punch, it, it didn't even affect Golovkin. It didn't affect Golovkin a bit. Obviously, now now that he's beaten Dominic Wade, right, yeah, it's, it's all about not him fighting Canelo if that fight is actually going to happen. But the thing is, is Canelo gonna, is Canelo gonna actually step in and fight uh, a dangerous opponent such as Golovkin, or is he gonna fight someone else like a uh, Liam Smith? We'll have to wait and see. As I said, if he does get through Khan, Golovkin and that, you know, his team, Tom Loeffler, etc., they're saying they're not going to take no step-aside money. You know, money talks, so we'll have to see what happens there. And, of course, he's got a, a lot of people p- picking Khan to beat Canelo. You know, that's going to be a tough fight in itself. How do you see, providing Canelo gets through Khan, which we both hope doesn't happen, by the way, if he does end up beating Khan Canelo, who 
do you see winning in a fight between Canelo and Golovkin, and and by what you know by what way? What's the outcome? How how did it was it is it points? Is it knockout? What do you think, guys? If Canelo and Golovkin fought right, yeah, I can see going to points. I can't see Canelo getting knocked out for some reason. I don't know why. Thing is, right, the last time we saw Golovkin win on points was the fifth of April two thousand eight when he beat Canadians. Ian Garner. That fight, right? Canelo versus Golovkin. I don't think it's going to go to a knockout. I reckon it'll go to points. Yeah, as you said, I think it's a 22 knockout streak now for Golovkin. Um, as you say, it goes, it spans all the way back to 2008. So every fight he's in ends in a knockout. Of course, he gets the knockout every time he's unbeaten. But it will be, it will be a good fight. Um, to be totally honest, I, I don't know. I think if Khan was to win this fight and get through Canelo which we hope happens. I don't think he's going to hang around at 160. I think he'll probably vacate the title. You know, he's proved the point and he'll come down and then perhaps, you know, we'll see him in there with maybe Mayweather might think that he's decided to pay his dues. He might think, yeah, Amir Khan's, you know, he beat uh, Canelo in better fashion than I did or something like that. Maybe he deserves a fight or you never know. He might even fight someone like, you know, the winner of Porter and Furman, which I think is a bit of a step backwards. He might fight Kell Brook. But um, I, I personally wouldn't want to see Khan up there against Golovkin, in my opinion. As what do you think about that fight? If Khan beats Canelo, right, what I can see happening right here is him vacating that belt. Obviously, Golovkin's mandatory, so he's he's gonna go for that belt. And right, remember this: that Khan is still mandatory for Danny Garcia's WBC belt. So he's going to go for that WBC belt and obviously avenge that loss. Yeah, of course. That's another fight. One that I just forgot to mention. And that's one that he's been talking all about this week, apparently. The Danny Garcia rematch. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll go back down to 147. Because, he's, you know, we've seen him down at the lower weights. He's moved up to 147, you know, in the last, like, two years or so. He's he's now going up to the highest he's ever fought at, which is 155. This fight's going to be at a catch weight. For him to move up to 160 and fight Golovkin, when Golovkin won't come down from 160 at all. So he'll have to put on even more weight. A lot of people are not too sure about him putting on as much weight as what he's putting on to get to the 155 limit. To pile on another five pounds, I'm not sure that that would be a good move. I'm not sure that his advisors would let him do that either, to be totally honest. But yeah, we're going to leave that there. That's really it for the review inside of the show. We're now going to bring on our first guest. Okay, now it's time for our first guest on this week's show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome fighting in a huge fight against Gerald Washington, undefeated American prospect over, of course, in America. It's Eddie Chambers. Eddie, welcome to the show. Hey, my man. What's going on with you? Very good, very good. You know that, obviously, we've got the intro. Uh, on the intro of this, of this show, we've now got, obviously, we've got you on there. As, as always, we've got Malik Scott on there. We've got Mikey Garcia. We've got a, a prospect from the UK also on there. And just recently, Michael Buffer's also on the intro now. So he's on he's on the intro as well, every show. Wow, that's not, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, forget me. Forget everybody else. Michael Buffer, he's the real Yeah, That should be the introduction all the time. You know what I mean? Every show, it, it starts with Buffer. Then it goes on to Mikey Garcia. Then it goes on okay. to uh, Malik. And then it goes on to... You know, this prospect from the UK, another friend of mine. Then you're the last one. You say, welcome to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man. You know, and then it starts. There you go. That's it. You got to say the best for last, right? That's it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I ain't lying to you, that's it. But yeah, um, obviously you're fighting on Saturday, finally. You've got a big fight. You've been chasing a big fight for a couple of years now. All the hate yeah. on Twitter, all the armchair boxers that tweet you, this is your chance to shut them up and your chance to make a statement in the heavyweight division. Right, right. Well, there's no question about that. I mean, obviously, you know, not a lot of people think I have much left or anything whatsoever. And it, not only just that, they don't, they're, they're thinking that not only, well, was I has been, but maybe even some of them think I was or never was. <laughs> so, you know, this is my opportunity to, you know, to shine, you know, to get back into the, you know, the public eye, especially here in the States where guys haven't seen me for, you know, maybe two or three years now. And, uh, you know, do some good. Do some good for myself and family and, and uh, you know, make my mark once again uh, in the heavy, heavyweight division. Of course, you know, you're, you're, you're a down-to-earth guy. You know, there's been times in your career in the last couple of years where you've, you felt like calling it a day, really. Of course, you've got this fight that you've been that you've been wanting. You've got a big fight here. Obviously, you know you have to treat it almost like it's a world title fight because anyhow that anyhow that you know you, you didn't end up coming out with a W. You know, I don't know what you I don't know what your views are. I don't really want to talk about that ever happening. I don't really want to put that in your head. But if if that yeah. were to happen, if the worst were to happen, I mean, would you walk away from it or would or would you carry on? Well, I mean, I'm a realistic guy, and, you know, these questions are, are stuff that need to be asked, and you've got to be prepared as a fighter, and as well, I would say to all the young fighters, you've got to be prepared uh, as, as, a, as a human being, more than just an athlete, of what to do when your career is over, you know, when you don't have the opportunity to, you know, just train and fight for a living. You have to have something that you can kind of, you know, fall back on, so to speak. You know, everybody says that. And it's a cliche to a degree because, you know, everybody talks about having something to fall back on. And, you know, but lots of athletes don't. And, and they do not have anything to really move back into or go back into. And they don't have a real support system other than that of those guys who are, they're dealing with in the sports world. So, you know, I think this is a good question, a realistic question. And the thing is, if it happens, I would have to, uh, you know, obviously come back and, and sit down with my people and, uh, you know, really discuss the future. And, and honestly, in my opinion, I mean, what's the point? You know, I, I, I couldn't beat this guy. You know, he's a big six-foot-six athletic guy, don't get me wrong, and he has ability and he can do certain things. And, he, you know, obviously, you know, he could have a good future, even though he's a bit older himself but hasn't taken a punishment. So still a young heavyweight uh, in that regard. Um, but if I couldn't win, then, you know, I, I, then who else am I going to beat? I mean, most of the guys are like that in the heavyweight division, so... At that point, it's like, what's the point in continuing to beat a dead horse? You know what I'm saying? Just go on ahead and 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 and, and try to do something else. You know, I'm not I'm not super old. I'm not saying I'm going to try to be another athlete in another sport because that's not going to happen either. But what I would be really uh, interested in is finally doing some things that I want to do aside from the sports. You know what I mean? And, and, and trying to make my mark in, in, in another way, maybe business. Um, you know, I got a few, I got a, I got a good support system behind me, and um, I will definitely work with them and do some things with them, and hopefully uh, iron out some things as uh, maybe a trainer, not necessarily a boxing trainer to like a top level fighter, but you know, just getting to you know learning them to fight, to defend themselves, and also you know to maybe get them involved and interested in the sport and get them some uh, discipline as well as uh, adults who just want to be in shape and want to you know and want to you know want to you know just to learn the art of boxing. Yeah, we don't want to think about that too much, though, at the same time. No, no. I mean, but at the end of the day, 
you know, Joey, it's, it's like this. You gotta, you gotta be prepared. You know, I mean, hope for the best. You know, but you gotta prepare for the worst. And that's, uh, and in this sport, that is what I've been faced with time and time again. You know, there's been fights where I got in there and I felt like I did more than enough to win and didn't get the decision. And um, you know, if that's the case in this one and and in any other fight that I have in the future, you know what I mean? It's 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 just you know, it's like single elimination for me at this point. You know, I can't go out here and and and, and you know put a lot, put my uh, my life after boxing or my life so to speak on hold for something that's just not going to happen. You know, right now it looks great. Things look right for me. I have an opportunity to fight someone who's a name guy who has who who, who you know I will get respect for beating. And all that good stuff because he's uh, a real prospect, a real live uh, uh, athlete here. So, you know, that part looks great. However, if things don't go my way, you know, I'm still putting other things that I could be, you know, really putting effort into and, and maybe making a good living on, with at, at, on hold for, you know, to be quite honest, in a lot of regards, maybe chunk change. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and stuff that, you know, maybe I'll be on TV or maybe not. But maybe I'll be sought after by a few different people and they'll say, oh, my God, he's, you know, Eddie Chambers. But at the end of the day, that's not feeding me. That's not feeding my family. And um, I have to think about that first, you know, first and foremost going down the stretch here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, of course, over in the UK on the same night as you, your brother from another mother, so to speak. Um, of course, a few he'll be fighting a few hours before you, but Huey Fury, he fights Fred Cassie as well on the same night as you. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I'm never really worried about Huey in a fight, to be honest. I mean, I've been training with him. I train, obviously, I spent a lot of time with him and training with him. He's a great kid and everything. He's a good attitude, great temperament. But when it comes to getting that ring, I'm not worried about him swapping punches with anybody. I know he has world-class ability. You know, he's, he has slickness like me. Like, they call him white chocolate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, he just happens to be six foot six, six foot five, and, 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 uh, you know, and, and, and with that heightened reach and things like that, you know, it gives him a different dimension than even I have, you know what I mean, that I wish I had. And, um, you know, with the coordination and, and the, uh, you know, the energy that he brings to the table when it comes to a professional fight, and the fact that he really enjoys it, you know, he's, um, he's, got, a great, he's got a great foundation as a, uh, as a fighter and, of course, his father, you know, who, who loves the sport more than just as much as anybody I've ever met. And uh, it really enjoys it. Doesn't need it to be, you know, to be uh, sufficient. But he definitely it loves it. It puts his heart and soul into it. I think. I think with them. I think with uh, you know him, his his father, Huey, his father, and then obviously Tyson and, and the rest of the guys there supporting him. Look, can't go wrong with that team. Obviously, since we last spoke, Joshua challenged for the IBF World Title, the title that was, you know, basically robbed off of, off of Tyson Fury. Charles Martin unsuccessfully defended it, and, and he got knocked out in the second round. What was your thoughts on that fight? Well, I mean, honestly, you know, I, kind of, you know, I looked at Charles Martin and the fight and how he lost it. It wasn't so much that he lost. I mean, anything can happen. And, and to be fair, even even the way he lost, it wasn't, you know, people, a lot of people are going to criticize it. Oh, he's the worst heavyweight champion. Ever. Yeah, yeah, but there's been other guys that do some things similar to that. But, um... It was just that he got caught with the same punch in the same situation twice. You know what I mean? And it, it, that, of all things, is what bothered me. I and mean, when you're heavyweight champion of the world, when you're champion of anything, and don't get me wrong, some guys have a certain style for you, and they make it really difficult 
for you to be able to win just because of their style and the way they operate. You know, it makes it really difficult. But when you go and you almost fall for the exact same thing twice in a row as a champion, as someone who's put X amount of hours of, 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 of work into this, it just really makes you question how it got there in the first place. However, you know, I, I, I give him all the respect. I think, you know, he, he got there because, you know, he's been involved, he's been training, he's, you know what I mean? He did what he had to do to get there. It could have been nerves. It could have been just a mistake. But it just makes you shake your head a little bit as watch as a professional. And, and, and when that kind of thing happens, it's like, ah, man. You know what I mean? Why, why, how did you let that happen again? After you just got dropped with the same shot, maybe he wasn't all the way there. Maybe, maybe he was still a little loopy after the first shot. But at, least at the same time, you know, your reflexes, your, your, your work, the things you put in, the time and the hours you put in and, and the time you put in, you most most guys, if you get it with one shot, unless you're just that kind of a fighter where you come forward head first, you know what I mean? But if you're like a Floyd Mayweather or somebody like that, or not saying that everybody's going to be that gifted, but if you put that amount of work into it, you're not going to get it with the same shot twice. You know what I mean? And not, especially not right after, you know, right back to back. And that was the only thing about that. I mean, anybody can get clipped and knocked out in, a, in the first round, second round, anything can happen. But, it was just the fact that it was the same shot, the same way, almost like it was a it was a replay of the first one. If you know what I'm saying, and that's the only thing that bothered me in the whole situation. To be honest. Yeah, of course. And now, of course, he's defending his title on the 25th of June. A lot of names were thrown into the hat. The likes of Stavern, Eric Molina, Malik Scott was mentioned a little bit. But, of course, Dominic Brazil ended up getting the shot. What do you think about that fight? Has, Dom- has Dominic Brazil got any chance against Joshua in a realistic world? I mean, hey, look, you know, any, any heavyweight, especially heavyweights, has a puncher's chance. He's a big guy. He's, uh, he, he's an Olympian. He's done well for himself to get to this point. He has a couple guys on his resume that are, are world-class, so to speak, kind of world-class. Uh, one definitely world-class. Um, so, you know, with that, I mean, you want to give everybody a chance, especially somebody, you know, that has uh, decent credentials, you know. But when you look at Anthony Joshua and, and the progress he's made, and then you look at the progress uh, Brazil has made, and, you know, I would have to obviously favor Joshua without a question. I would say he has a puncher's chance, Brazil, but he cannot fight the way he's fought in recent, in recent history. He, he can't, because if he does, he's not going to be much better than uh, the Martins, uh, what Martin did, to be honest. So uh, he's going to have to definitely be at his best on his A game and making sure he's not making no change. Uh, you know, amateurish type type of mistakes. If he does that, then he'll be fine. <laughs> but he'll be he'll be at least competitive at, at certain points. We hope so. We hope so. Now, of course, the rematch has been confirmed now for the 9th of July. Um, this, you know, last time round it was called Klitschko Fury. Now it's Fury Klitschko. Will you be making the trip for that fight? And also, what 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 are we going to see in that fight? In your opinion? Well, I would definitely want to make the trip. You know, that's like that's that's family right there. I want to make sure that they do well. If not. I'll definitely be watching that thing in front of the tube like, like I was for the last one, sharing, sharing, you know, in a quiet way. That's just my way. Uh, like, it's me in there. You know what I'm saying? Pushing for it like it's, like it's me. So, but um, without a question, I feel like the same thing's going to happen. Very similar to the first time. Probably a little bit more uh, fire. You know, I think Klitschko's going to come in a little bit, you know, obviously a lot stronger. You know, he's going to put in a lot of effort. And now he has to he's prepare for a different style. But just like I've said, you know, a number of times, it's hard to, you know, 
changed for a zebra. He's going to come in one day and just say, well, you know what, I'm going to be a tiger today. You know what I mean? Or I'm, or I'm going to be a, a, a Dalmatian today. It's not going to happen just like that. It's going to take years and years and years of evolution and, and, and maybe even in reverse in some way. And for Klitschko to all of a sudden just change his style overnight or not even, or even over a, a, a period of a few months to deal with the style of, of Tyson Fury. I just don't know if he's able to do that. And even if he is able to do that, then there's an adjustment period for Tyson. And then what Tyson is going to do is obviously adjust. He's going to fight him in a different way, and I've seen him do it. You know, so it's really hard for me to believe that Vladimir is going to be able to come back and win this fight. However, this is boxing, and, you know, he's one of the greater champions uh, in our history. So you're going to have to, you have to give him at least a chance. But I just feel, honestly, you know, not just being biased, but I, I really believe that Tyson will take care, take care of this just as he did the first time. And now a fight I wasn't really going to ask you about. I'm not sure if, if you've been kept up to, you know, up to date, but basically um, David Hayes fighting a guy that no one's really heard of. He's fighting a guy who I believe has got about 29 wins with about 27 knockouts, something like that. Um, he's got like the second highest knockout streak or win streak in the heavyweight division, apart from Deontay Wilder. Um, on the yeah. undercard of that fight, Shannon Briggs is supposed to be fighting. He's gone back to oh. America now to train and he's going to fight on that undercard. And providing they both win, they will be facing off sometime later in the year, I believe. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that fight, Shannon Briggs and David Hay? That's a, uh, honestly a five-round fight. <laughs> in my opinion, five to six-round fight. Uh, you know, because they're both huge punchers. I can tell you from experience with Shannon, he's a huge puncher. Uh, and he has, uh, you know, underrated ability that people don't really, you know, they see him for the let's go champ type stuff and, and all that. And, you know, he's a bit up in age, but still, yeah, that crack doesn't leave you aside. Believe me, he can still punch. So um, that's there. However, obviously, we know we're talking about David Hay, and David Hay has world-class ability. He's been a champion, you know, different times, and he's more of this era and obviously a bit fresher than Shen. However, you know, everybody has a chance, and I think that right there, if that ends in the decision, I will be so, so surprised. Um, obviously, I'm going to lean toward Hay. I would like to see Shannon win. You know, Shannon is, uh, is great for boxing. I mean, you know, he's like a, he's a, he's just a different kind of Tyson Fury. You know what I mean? <laughs> these these guys have great uh, bring great excitement to, to to the division, and we definitely need it, to be quite honest. And I think these these kind of those kind of guys definitely bring excitement to it. I mean, David Hay has his own his own way of doing things, and I'm, and you know he's you know a lot of people follow him as well. But I mean, you know, Shannon, I think just bring <laughs> a, a crazy crazy uh, uh, a different aspect to boxing, and kind of take you back a little bit to one guys that show up at your training camp you know, like Holly style type stuff, you know what I mean? I think I think that would be great too. I mean like I said, he's a little longer too, so it's gonna be it's not he's not gonna have a super long career going forward, but I think the the amount of time that he is around would be uh it'll be interesting. And now the last question I wanna ask you, just because you touched on uh Shannon Briggs's power, in one in you know, just give me one name. Who is out of all the people that you've sparred, who would you say hits the hardest? And this is um and and believe me, I've been in there with some punches, but I would have to say he was he was that guy. I, I and the thing was I never was buzzed by the shots, but they didn't land clean, clean. And I felt him like, you know, through guard, that dude crap. You know what I mean? I don't know what it was. But some and I think it's he has a certain level of speed too that you know is really underrated. He has pretty good speed along with 
the the power which makes the delivery in, in is is a certain obviously a certain sharpness with it too. And I mean this was back some years back, but that man can punch. And I mean I've been in there with the likes of Sam Rockman, you know, some of these guys you're probably not gonna remember, you know, the names of obviously uh, uh know the names of, but you know, Terrence Lewis, um, Gerald Nobles, uh I'm trying to think of all the guys, even Monty Barrett who who has a decent he has a pretty good reputation as a puncher himself if you you have you stand there and take a few of his shots, believe he can punch too. Um, and I mean, I'm probably forgetting some of the main guys. Like, well, I've been in with Klitschko, obviously. Um, you know, Samuel Peter. They know those were fights. So, I mean, you know, you got to say if you're somebody like that, and I know, and his power the, the what I remember the most. You know, it was it was. Um, and it's funny. There's another guy who was a cruiserweight some years back who never even got really, really, really serious. That kid could punch. I remember him from the amateur. And he just has something to do with a natural thing in him. He just hits you, and you feel that shit to your bones. And, I mean, he can punch, too. So, between them two, <laughs> those guys can really punch. So, and, and believe me, those are things you won't forget. And believe me, I don't take punches. So, imagine, if I know they they can punch, they must have been hitting me on my arms and, you know, maybe got a, a shot here and there to land. But I felt them, and I'm telling you, those guys can punch. <laughs> All right. Now, just before I let you go, of course, I'm going to sign you out the show anyway, but is there anything else that you wanted to say at all? Well, you know, just, uh, you know, continue supporting the sport of boxing. I mean, you know, we there's a lot of effort that's put into this, and, you know, guys like myself sometimes don't even get the credit we necessarily believe that we deserve. And, you know, I'm not I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not the mad boxer, you know, kind of like the mad rapper back in the day. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to say just support it. You know, you know, look at, Try to watch as much as you can and see all of the guys who may not have had an opportunity to been to have been uh, put out there as much. And you'll see. I, I think that once you really become a real fan of the sport, I mean, a real a real student of the game, you'll see the struggle and you'll see what a lot of these guys go through. A lot of these, a lot of these other, a lot of these uh, younger, not younger, older athletes who've been through a meat grinder uh, had to go through. And 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 even if you can, go into a gym, train a little bit, watch the sparring. You know, get, get yourself involved in a little spar. Then you'll have a much better respect for what we do. And uh, you won't be so eager to criticize. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But to all those who do support, you know, keep keep it up. And, you know, hopefully I can do some things in these next, you know, this, these next few months and, and, and maybe next you know, next couple of years that will make you guys truly proud and, and, and uh, you know, happy to be a part of, you know, the, the Team Chambers team here. Absolutely. Now, of course... Um... You already know. I wish you the absolute best of luck on Saturday. It was my birthday yesterday. The only present I want from you is a win on Saturday, Eddie. You need to do this for yourself, for me, for everyone. This is, I'm not biased, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not, well, I am biased. I'm going to be biased. I've had him on the show before. <laughs> I've I've had I've had Gerald Washington on the show before. I thought he was a really nice guy. When I found out right. you were fighting, that was it. I've just turned. I don't like him no more. <laughs> oh, I'm, saying that hey, live I'm, I'm, I'm sure he understands. You know what I mean? There's a little bit biasness here, but that's what happens. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you know you got your picks. Everybody has this. This is a uh, this is a business here, and you know what I mean. But at the end, of the, but even then, you still have your team, and you know that you you've been a part of Team Changer, so that's the way it is. Yes, those two, those you know, wrap them hands up. Those those two hands wrapped up, and my presence wrapped up, and beat him with them. All right, look, I'm gonna do everything I can, man, and, and you know what I mean. I want to definitely give you that present, man. And by the way, happy birthday again. Thank you once again. Thank you once again, Eddie Chambers. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll speak again soon. Yes, sir. Amen.
Okay, now it's time for part two. This part of the show, of course, is the preview side of the show where we preview the fights coming up this week. We're going to start over in York Hall. Louis Adolfi fights. His opponent yet to be announced, but of course a prospect being looked after by Jimmy Mack and those guys. He looks to move to 5-0. and oh. He's in a six-rounder down at welterweight. Also on the bill, Kirk Garvey, another prospect, 3-0 and oh at the moment. He looks to move, of course, to 4-0. and oh, And he is fighting at light heavyweight. Again, his opponent yet to be announced. Both those fights taking place down at the York Hall. We're going to go over to New Jersey now, and this fight's also on the Friday. Top of the bill, Anthony Durrell. He faces Caleb Truax. Now, Anthony Durrell, of course, has a record of 28 wins, one loss and one draw. Caleb Truax, 26 wins, two losses, two draws. This is only a 10-rounder. Of course, it's up at super middle, so this should be a decent fight. I want to see... Anthony Durrell back out again. And also on the bill, his brother, of course, coming off of that loss to James DeGaul, Andre Durrell. He has a record of 24 wins and two losses. He faces Blake Caparello. This really will be a good fight. This is up at super middleweight, of course. And Blake Caparello has a record of 22 wins, one loss and one draw. So that should be a tough test, to be totally honest. That would be a good fight for Andre Durrell and Blake Caparillo. I'm not sure who the favourite is in that fight. Both good fighters. Also on that bill, if you haven't heard of him, you will do soon. And you really have to pay attention to this guy. Super bantamweight prospect, Jonathan Guzman. He has a record at the moment of 20-0. and 0, Okay, 20 wins. All 20 wins by knockout. This is a man that we've got to keep our eyes peeled on. Of course, he's campaigning at super bantamweight. Jonathan Guzman will be hot on the heels of guys like Scott Quigg, Rigondo, Leo Santa Cruz, and all the other guys. And of course, Carl Frampton, the IBF champ. Talking of Carl Frampton, I forgot to do the news earlier, Ayaz. We've got a bit of news regarding Carl Frampton. Give us the news this week. Carl Frampton will move up a weight division to fight Leo Santa Cruz for the WBA featherweight title in New York this summer. A good fight, a good fight, one that we've been hearing about for a long time. You know, Carl Frampton's been calling out Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz has been calling out Carl Frampton. It's good to finally see it take place this summer. George Gross will take on domestic rival Martin Murray at the O2 Arena on June 25th. On that same night, headlining that build, Anthony Joshua will defend his IBF Heavyweight Championship against American Heavyweight Dominic Brazil. Yeah, two good fights there. Of course, we're going to start with the George Groves against Martin Murray fight. Both guys have been in there at the top level and have both tried for world titles and fallen short. Martin Murray's been very unlucky on a few occasions, to be honest, and so has George Groves. So both guys, this is a really good domestic clash. Of course, it's also an eliminator for the WBA super middleweight title. So hopefully, I'm not sure, I don't think it's a final eliminator. I think it's just an eliminator. So hopefully they'll be chasing, you know, the winner will be chasing the champion at the moment, which under strange circumstances ended up being Felix Sturm. He, of course, lost that fight, but managed to get the win in some sort of crazy judge fantasy land. Um, but yeah, of course, the champion is is actually Felix Sturm. And Felix Sturm, of course, the weakest champion out of the 168 division, in everybody's opinion, to be totally honest. And also, of course, Anthony Joshua, he defends his IBF title, as you said. He faces Dominic Brazil. Dominic Brazil, a decent fighter. Of course, Anthony Joshua, 16-0 and with 16 knockouts. Dominic Brazil, 17-0 and with 15 knockouts. Both guys undefeated. Again, somebody's O has got to go. This is the fourth undefeated fighter that Anthony Joshua has faced in a row now. There were a few names in the hat, of course, Bermain Stavern, 
Eric Molina, both guys I've spoken to this week. Bermain Stavern actually sent me a message just yesterday. I was talking to him on Twitter. He sent me a DM just pretty much saying that, you know, he, he didn't end up getting the fight. Good luck to Dominic Brazil. And in, in Bermain Stavern's words, I said, what's been going on? He said he's been working. He was waiting on Joshua since they called us, but he punked out. That was the words of Bermain Stavern. So, you know, a few a few names were in the hat, but it ended up being Dominic Brazil. A lot of people were not too happy with that. A lot of people are happy with that. It's kind of mixed reactions, to be totally honest. Both guys, as I said, has a combined record of 33-0 and 0 with 31 knockouts. So I'm sure whoever's going to win this fight is going to end in a knockout victory. Okay, that's it for the two fights you just mentioned in that bit of news. Is there any other bits of news? David Price expects to make his long-awaited comeback on the undercard of Tony Belli versus Ilunga Makabu. Ilunga Makubu, yeah, that's right. Of course, I think that fight's going to be happening at Goodison Park, maybe. I'm not sure if he's been confirmed yet. I know that's where they wanted it to be. I'm not sure if it's going to be there or not. But yeah, David Price will be back in the ring. I'm looking forward to see what he's like now. Of course, he's found a new trainer in Dave Caldwell. It'd be good to see him out again. So yeah, I'm excited for that one. Is there any more news, Ayaz? No, that's it. Okay, excellent. We'll carry on with a preview part of the show. We kind of just jumped back into the news bit because I literally forgot about doing it at the end of part one as we usually do. So apologies for that one. We just finished off with Anthony Durrell and Andre Durrell and we talked about the 20 and 0 with 20 knockouts prospect in the Super Bantamweight division, Jonathan Guzman. We're now going to go straight over to Saturday. All those fights that we mentioned are taking place on the Friday. We're now going to go over to the Saturday. On Saturday, we see return to... To the ring off of his ban for an illegal substance. Kid Galahad of 18 and 0 going into this fight. His opponent yet to be announced. It's not going to be anybody who's going to be any kind of well beat or anything like that. It's a six rounder literally just to get Kid Galahad back in the mix. It's happening over in Lancashire in Wigan at the DW Stadium. You know, it'd be a good, it's good to see Kid Galahad get back in the ring to be totally honest. Again, everybody's sort of forgotten him at super bantamweight. He's managed to stay at the weight the whole time he's been out the ring. He hasn't put on any pounds. He's been in that gym the whole time. He's an absolute gym rat. So he will be back in that picture very soon. And I cannot wait for it. We're now going to go over to the copper box arena, the top of the bill, Ryan Walsh. He faces James Tennyson, Ryan Walsh, of course, defending his British featherweight title. Ryan Walsh, 20 wins, one loss, one draw. James Tennyson, 16 wins and one loss. Also on that card, fighting for the vacant WBO international heavyweight title, Huey Fury. His record at the moment, 19-0. and 0. He faces Fred Cassie, who has a record of 18 wins, four losses and one draw. Again, cannot wait for the big man to get out again and rack up another win. A lot of people are saying this is going to be a tough fight for Huey Fury, but we've yet to see him really lose a round, to be totally honest, in his pro career. He's barely lost a round, even when he was fighting that unusual illness that he had for a while. Also on that bill, Anthony Nelson defends his Commonwealth super flyweight title. Anthony Nelson, 11-0. He faces 15-0. 
Jamie Conlon. Moving down this stacked card once again, Liam Walsh, he gets out again, 19-0. and 0. He faces Troy James, who has a record of 18-2 and 2 with the one draw. Liam Walsh defends his British super featherweight title. Also, Louis Petit, he gets out again. His record now 18-2. and 2. He faces Tabor Nadori, who has a record of seven wins, four losses, and one draw. Also on the bill, Anthony Yard, 5-0. and 0. He looks to move to 6-0. and 0. Again, a massive prospect that we all have to keep our eye on he looks absolutely phenomenal in the gym and of course the Bollywood star Vijender Singh he looks to move to 5-0 and it's good to see the Indian star out once again also freakishly tall Boy Jones Jr the super featherweight he gets out again he looks to move to 8-0 and he's also got the one draw on his record but he's out again this is this is a card that really has a lot of fights on it a lot of prospects coming up all involved in this one so it's good to see them all get out again that's it for the UK though we're now going to go over to the StubHub Centre Carson California of course the place where Kelbrook won his world title what a night that was top of the bill Andre Berto, he faces Victor Ortiz. This is the second time these guys have fought. Andre Berto, 30 wins, four losses. Of course, we see him lose most recently to Floyd Mayweather. Victor Ortiz, 31 wins, five losses and two draws. These guys pretty much both passed their prime eyes, but it, it should make a decent scrap while it lasts anyway, right? It's going to be a scrap, Ortiz v. Berto. Yeah, it will be a little scrap. It will be a little scrap. Of course, when they fought each other last time, Victor Ortiz picked up the unanimous decision win after 12 rounds that was back in 2011 I think that Ortiz has looked really bad since that fight to be honest and um, this time I think Andre Berto will probably win that fight if I had to pick a winner. Also on that bill, Edwin Rodriguez, he gets out again, boasting a record of 28 wins and the one loss, the one loss obviously to Andre Ward. He fights Thomas Williams Jr., who has a record of 19 wins and one loss. This is a good fight. This could steal the show, this one. Also on the bill, we've seen him recently challenge for Lee Selby's IBF featherweight title, Fernando Montiel. A former world champion in his own right. He has a record of 54 wins, five losses and two draws. He faces Jorge Lara, who has a record of 27 wins, zero losses and two draws. And also on this bill, a very, very stacked bill, this one, I must say. Undefeated heavyweight Gerald Washington, who has a record of 16 wins, zero losses and one draw. He faces Eddie Chambers. Eddie Chambers having a record of 42 wins and four losses. Of course, if you listened earlier, you'll know that me and Eddie are really good friends. He spoke a lot about this fight, so I don't really need to say too much. It is literally a make or break fight for Eddie Chambers. I really hope he can do it. We're pulling for him here, of course. Moving over now to another massive card that's taking place in America on Saturday. Top of the bill, Badu Jack. He puts his WBC World Super Middleweight title on the line against Lucian Butte. Now, Badu Jack, who has a record of 20 wins, one loss and one draw. He faces, of course, Lucian Butte, 32-3. and three. This is going to be a really tough test, Ayaz. Um, one that I think that Badu Jack will be able to come through. But Lucian Butte, although he's, he's passed his best, in my opinion, he's still an experienced fighter we saw that you know he showed he showed signs of of you know of, of experience and some smart boxing when he was facing James Tegal so I think that he'll probably put in a good performance against Badu Jack but I wouldn't be surprised if Lucian Bute got the win here I think Badu Jack he hasn't really fought top opposition although he's a world champion in his own right and we're big fans of Badu Jack on this show but Lucian Bute still a crafty veteran I has 
Lucian Butez, like you said, he's a very crafty uh, veteran. He's a very, also a very good fighter because in his last fight, yeah, we saw him fight Degel. And Degel obviously beat him on points. And obviously, we know about Butez's history. Um, he's fought Carl Foot to a Carl Foot absolutely annihilated him. But this fight, yeah, right. If Badu Jax wins, and obviously James Degel beats Medina, there's going to be a unification fight. And also, Eddie Hearn said that him and Callum Smith will be at the fight ringside as Callum Smith is mandatory for the WBC super middleweight belt. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Two fights I'd like to see. I'd like to see the winner face James DeGale. Well, the winner of James DeGale and Medina. We haven't actually talked about that fight yet. But of course, I'd like to see the winner face the winner. But I'd also like to see Callum Smith get his shot. So we're going to move down the bill. We just basically mentioned it. We, you know, It's pretty obvious what the fight is. James DeGale defends his IBF World Super Middleweight title against Rogelio Medina. James DeGale 22-1, and one, Medina 36-6. and six. Again, I think that James DeGale is probably going to win this fight pretty easy. I think possibly by knockout. Um, I think he'll look really good out there. He likes fighting in America. You know, he seems to not really be bothered too much where he fights, but he seems to be, you know, very, very good on the road. The traveling doesn't seem to affect him or take its toll on him come fight night at all. I know he went over there pretty early. Um, He's he's adjusted to the time zone and I'm sure he'll be on his game as always. Ayaz, what do you think about that fight, James DeGale Medina? Medina is uh, a Mexican tough fighter, but I reckon, personally, for my opinion, I reckon Degel will stop him. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think you're right there. I have to agree. Okay, that's the end of the previewing on this week's show. We're now going to welcome our second guest. Okay, now it's time for guest number two, a real busy bee this week. Of course, it's world champion trainer Peter Fury. Peter, welcome to the show. Yeah, very nice of you to have me on. How are you? Yeah, very good, very good. I just wanted to get your reaction to yesterday's and today's press conferences, um, firstly. I think you're always going to struggle to make something lively when more or less a lot's been said only 24 hours before. There's not much you really can say any different. Um, The only thing you can say about Germany today was the venue was beautiful. It was uh, staged magnificently. You know, RTL, who were the broadcasters in Germany, They've done a fabulous, fabulous job of the event. They made it spectacular. Best of food laid on. You know, it was first class, you know. They went to town on it and done a real, real nice job of it all. But as far as the press conference goes, yeah, there was a few questions. And um, I wouldn't say nowhere near as exciting as a press conference in Manchester. Uh, pretty low-key. Um, and that's the way it went. And Vladimir said exactly the same as what he said um, the previous day. He mentioned about homosexuality and uh, said uh, Tyson Fury can basically F off. Same, exactly the same as what he said the day before. Yeah, I did actually see the stage. I saw that the, the press conference actually took place in a boxing ring, which is something new. Yeah, it was a nice uh, big white boxing ring. So it was, uh, <laughs> like I said, I was very impressed with the setup. It was uh, very, very nice from RTL. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about Huey. Of course, Huey's fighting in two days' time on the 30th. Um, he's yep. fighting Fred Cassie, experienced guy. Is this, I mean, why did you choose this opponent? Is this someone that ideally you wanted, or did you want someone perhaps a little bit more on that world stage? But I know that everybody pulls out fights with Huey. Not, no one wants to fight him, to be totally honest. Why Fred Cassie? To be honest, um... He just uh, came up because we was offered him, um, and it's very difficult to get UE fights, as uh, you just rightly said. So um, I looked at his record. He was he's a decent opponent, and um, 
the WBO was happy with him, so you know we uh, accepted him. So that's that's the start and the end of it, really. Uh, no particular reason. Um, what I like about Fred Cassie is durable, and he uh, he gives very awkward angles. He's awkward. He's very unorthodox in the things he does, and he'll present you with some problems. You'll have to work it out, and uh, you know it's another it's another string to his bow, if you like, to um, get good rounds in. And being able to work these fighters out, which, uh, the, the, you know, Fred Cassidy, he's a typical gate, gatekeeper, isn't he? You know, that's all you can say about him. But dangerous and effective. And the same with uh, Dominic Gwynn. You know, if you're not on a world level yourself, these guys will expose you. So uh, they're good fights for him. And they're not guys to fall over. They're guys that's going to fight back and they ain't coming to lose. They're coming to win. Now, a little bit earlier on in the show, this show's only got two guests on. Earlier, we had Eddie Chambers. Now, we've got yourself on. He's, of course, uh-huh. fighting on the same night, a little, a few hours later, obviously, in America. Um, do you know much about his fight? I know, like you say, you've got a lot going on at the minute, but do you know much about his opponent, Gerald Washington, at all? Yeah, I've had uh, quite a few conversations with Eddie. He's a very close friend of ours. Uh, we keep in touch regular. You know, we're rooting for him over here. I'm sure he'll get the job done, Um He's not, um, you know, if I had to pick on opponent level, he's a good boxer, um, Gerald Washington. He, um, he's a good mover, hits, punches straight. I'd have to say, you know, he's decent. So it's a, it's a good fight for Eddie, but I think Eddie can overcome it. I think uh, Eddie's just got too much arsenal. He, he's an excellent boxer. He's found his rhythm now. He's got his proper strength, his conditioning right. And I don't see any reason why Eddie can't uh, move on to bigger things from this fight. And certainly put him back in the mix anyway. Yeah, we hope so. Um, I just wanted to touch on, literally touch on, April the 9th. We saw Martin come over here, face Joshua. Joshua wiped him out in two rounds. What did you think of that fight, looking back on it now, Peter? What I think of it, it was a brilliant performance from uh, AJ. But very, very poor from Charles Martin. You know, he... You know, how can you walk into somebody like AJ with your eyes shut and walk onto his fist? You know, he didn't do any more than that, did he? So, you know, what what can I say about it? He um, he certainly didn't present any much of a task. He, I don't know what he was doing, to be honest. He uh, he was wide open. So uh, he walked in. He walked his. He walked in in a straight line, and he got banged out, as what uh, AJ rightly did. So you know, what can you say about it? And of course, this week it's been announced that Joshua will face Dominic Brazil in his in his uh, you know first defence. What's your thoughts on that? I know that you put a tweet out saying it was a good fight. Um, I'm not sure if you were 100 percent serious on that. What's your views on that fight? You know, look, I don't see um, I see Joshua as a still learning progress. I don't, although he's a world champion. Look, there's lots of belts flying around. Look how look how it's been vacated. You know, Tyson's the one who's really won it. So it's uh, as far as we're concerned, it, it did get robbed of him. So you know he's a world champion, but he's not a proper world champion in my eyes. He's still learning. That's not because he's not the real deal or anything. He's doing everything right. He's not put a foot wrong. But what I'm saying is he's had 15, 16 fights or something. You know, so uh, he's still a learning progress. So when I said he's a good opponent, he is. You know, people get excited. Oh, he's a world champion. He needs to fight this. He needs to fight that. He's got just as good a record as Joshua. He's the same size. He can bang like him. And he's got uh, a bit of boxing ability. He's not, he's not going anywhere. He's not a world... He's not this world magnificent opponent. But he's good. He's, as, he's equally as good as whatever he's faced. And 
You know, so what's wrong with it? It's a, it's a good fight. And any, any guy with 15, 16 knockouts, he's, he, he can punch. They can always land that lucky shot, although I don't think so. I think AJ will do similar as what he done with Martin. But it's still a good opponent for him. Now, of course, Box Nation, they, they were the ones who picked up the, the Fury Klitschko this time around, of course it's called. They've also picked up another heavyweight clash, another one that I'm sure Tyson will have his eye on, um, Wilder against Povetkin. I wanted to get your thoughts on that fight, Pierre. It's, it's a pretty strange one. No one thought it was actually going to take place in Russia, but it seems like it's going to be. What do you think about that fight? I think it's a good fight. Um, you know, I mean, Stepping back and looking at it, when I seen him box... You know, he boxed Nikolai further and he went the 10 rounds and he struggled. He, uh, and then he boxed smaller guys and he gets them out of there. And I'm looking how he, uh, what he does against big guys. He's, I, don't, I think he's tailor-made for Wilder. You know, you can only see what uh, Vladimir done to him. You know, he completely bulled him all over the place. So uh, the size difference, it looked phenomenal. In, uh, and it looked like that when he was fighting. So Wilder's a devastating puncher and he's, uh, he's getting better all the time. So... I, I definitely pick Wilder and uh, probably by knockout. Okay, fair point. Now, you've had a few, you know, in, in in the previous history, we've seen a lot of stuff said between one thing said from you, another thing said from Eddie Hearn. This week, Eddie Hearn has claimed in an interview that along with yourself, you're already in talks of making Fury Joshua later this year. Can you confirm or deny that at all, Peter? Yeah, we, I, I spoke to Eddie and... Um... You know, we said um, this is a massive fight, you know, and uh, we believe it is, you know, the British public. You know, what? But you got, we've got two world champions, whatever whatever way anybody thinks about it. There's two world champions from these shores. And if that fight makes sense and the public want to see that fight, then that's a fight that can be made. But, um, you know, we did speak about it and uh, Eddie said he was very interested in it. So that's where we are. But make no mistake, you know, our serious thoughts, our ultimate dedication is on Vladimir Klitschko because he's a serious threat and uh, he is a linear champion and uh, by no means he's coming to lie down. He is coming for his belts back and he's the most serious danger out there amongst all of the names you've mentioned. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, could you, because I know that you said yesterday that Huey would be fighting on the undercard of Fury Klitschko. Um, he was supposed to fight on the undercard in Germany. I just wanted to basically ask yourself if that was 100% definite. And who will be providing the rest of that undercard? Obviously, Frank Warren with Box Nation had put the money up to host a fight. Will it be Box Nation fighters on the undercard? or? Yes. Um, I don't, uh, I'm not sure about Box Nation undercard. I think uh, we're looking to put uh, one or two of their uh, undercard on. Uh, we're having a look at it. The undercard's being uh, decided at the moment. So we're looking to put some lively fights on there. So hopefully um, we can do. I know we're looking at putting a world title undercard on there. So uh, it'll be good for the fans to get a good undercard. I've certainly asked for it. Uh, so let's uh, see what happens and the way things are going. I think it's uh, looking highly likely for a good undercard. So Yui will be on that show. And all being well, um, on the 30th, he uh, will probably be back out on the 4th of June in Liverpool as well. So Yui's uh, looking to keep Yui very busy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Now, the last question I've got for you, the last proper question I've got for you, everyone I ask what's going to happen in the rematch between Fury and Klitschko, everybody says it's going to be pretty much the same thing as before. Do you think this fight's going to be pretty much the same as before? No, I don't. I do see a stoppage in this fight. I think um, it's going to be a lot better. Both men know each other's styles. They're not going into new territory. They've 
both got the um, the new strategies to work on, and um, I see a lot more punches letting fly this time. So I can see a stoppage in it. I don't see it uh, going the twelve rounds. I know Vladimir will uh, be doing his utmost to bring them titles back. You know, he's he's he was saying yesterday I made a big mistake, and that won't be happening again. So he's got a a steely conviction about him. So this is um this is a serious test. It's, it, it could even be more of a serious test than the first time because this is a genuine fight. It's not not one way traffic like people's assessing. You know, for Tyson to win this fight, he's going to have to train out of his skin, total dedication, lockdown, focus, and double focus again. And uh, ultimately, a 100% Tyson is too much for any heavyweight in the world. And that's what I'm. Uh, that's why I'm abroad here now, looking to achieve that. And uh, that's what. That's why we're in camp now, working on the strategies. Now, before I let you go, Peter, is there anything else you wanted to say at all before I let you go? We just hope the fans enjoy the fights. Um, I think it's nice for the boxing public to start seeing a good few fights and fights getting made. Um, it's shaking up and the, the, the fight job's looking very interesting. Um, there's a lot of fighters fighting, a lot of bums out there. But, you know, let's face it, it there is some good fights as well coming off. Amir Khan versus uh, Alvarez is a top fight. You know, full credit to Amir Khan. Wish him all very best from us and uh, we're going to be up we're watching it live cheering him on from Holland in the training camp um, and what else um, yeah there's some very good fights happening and uh, that's about it really I hope the fans enjoy it and uh, sit back and enjoy the ride and uh, let's see what the this the short future holds Absolutely. Listen, Peter, thank you for giving us a bit of time this week. Of course, I wish you the best of luck with Huey on the 30th and the best of luck um, when the Tyson fight comes around. I'm sure we'll speak to you closer to that day anyway. But until then, thank you very much, Peter, for giving us a bit of time. Thank you very much. You're more than welcome. Okay, now it's time to conclude episode 30 of the Box Hard Podcast. Thank you very much for listening this far once again. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. I as Summer has been I as Summer. A big thank you to our two guests, Eddie Chambers and Peter Fury. We'll be back next week with another big show, as always. Until then, take care. <laughs>